making a connection with the secretive cyber gang Dark Overlord and the reason behind surging IT security employment. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. A number of school districts in the United States have found themselves being used as pawns in a virtual battle between the cyber gang known as the Dark Overlord and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Here's Republican Senator Steve Daines of Montana addressing last month FBI Director Christopher Wray at a Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee hearing on the cyber threat America faces. Just two weeks ago, the Columbia Falls School District received cyber threats promising harm and demanding ransom. This forced the closure of more than 30 schools across multiple school districts, affecting over 15,000 Montana children. It's unprecedented. We've not seen that before in my home state of Montana. The culprit's been identified as the Dark Overlord, an overseas criminal organization. FBI Director Ray responded that the Bureau is investigating Dark Overlord and other cyber gangs and acknowledged the gravity of the problem. This concept of ransomware, cyber terrorism, the various variants of it that are, are hitting, and I think the, the example in your state illustrates that it's everywhere now. It's no longer just ransomware to you know a big Fortune 500 company. It's hospitals, it's schools in your case. Make no mistake, it is a very serious threat and it's growing. Following the devil trees conducted by Dark Overlord is my colleague, ISMG Security and Technology Editor, Jeremy Kirk, who joins me. Welcome, Jeremy. Hi, Eric. You've been in touch with Dark Overlord. Why is this group going after school districts in places like Texas, Montana, and Iowa? It's an interesting shift in tactics. The Dark Overlord over the last 18 months has typically attacked businesses and uh, medical organizations and small healthcare clinics. And what the group does is take their data and basically hold it for ransom. If the organization doesn't pay, they publicly embarrass them and either taunt them on Twitter or post the data on various websites where anybody could see it. In the middle of September, the Dark Overlord started to target U.S. school districts. What happened is that the group had taken personnel information from the schools and got the names of teachers and students and their parents and began texting and calling these parents and, and basically making menacing messages that were very threatening towards their children. This was kind of a, an odd target for them because school districts really seem like an unlikely target to get a ransom from. Many schools have financial difficulties and it, it just doesn't make sense that they would be primed to pay a ransom. Is Dark Overlord demanding ransom of these schools? The Dark Overlord told me in these conversations that they're targeting the schools in order to pressure the FBI to tell other organizations that they've ransomed to pay the ransom. The FBI's position on paying ransom to cyber extortionists is don't do it because there's no guarantee that the attackers are not going to release your data. This is the sort of logic behind their attacks. To think that the criminal group is going to be able to pressure the FBI to do anything, you know, strikes any of us who's had contact with law enforcement as ridiculous. But this is what they say are their plans. Do we know who's behind Dark Overlord? 
We don't. And that's the tricky thing. This group has operated kind of with impunity for at least publicly 18 months. Some sources that I've been speaking with have been following the group for much longer. It's believed to be a small group. It's believed that some of the members are probably outside the United States. But the group uses a variety of tactics to cover its tracks. It is very difficult to do anything online these days without leaving some sort of trail. This group is very careful about not leaving those trails or at least leaving uh, false clues. And they do this by when they attack companies for ransom is that they actually hack that company's computers through other computers that they've compromised. And when you sort of layer virtual private usage of virtual private networks and also the Tor anonymity system on top of that, it can be very difficult for law enforcement to get any sort of threat to pull to be able to find out, say, like the real IP address from where they're operating, which would give them at least a location to be able to go to or a service provider to be able to go to to get the information of who the subscriber is. For people who are very, very careful with this, and at least from my conversations with the Dark Overlord, they do seem very aware of sort of what they call operational security, which is being able to not give away these sorts of clues. They're proving to be very difficult to track down. Nork Overlord sorts you out, Jeremy. Why so? The group has been reaching out to a handful of journalists, uh, most of whom they've had previous contact with. It appears that they're seeking to drum up publicity for some of their escapades, which, as we know, have escalated in the past few weeks. Any hesitancy on your part to uh, give them publicity? These types of situations are always a bit complex for journalists, especially when you're dealing with a criminal element that is seeking attention. I'd heard through some of my sources that other people and other journalists had expressed some consternation about communicating with the Dark Overlord because this is a criminal group that's executing ransom attacks and menacing and threatening schools. There's a certain sort of, you know, ethical consideration when you're covering something who's actively involved in, in criminal activity. Basically, you don't want to give them more undue attention. But the reason why I decided to cover it is because the FBI director has directly addressed this uh, before a Senate committee recently. And also there's several law enforcement agencies that have also talked about this. So this is a real ongoing problem and it really is a legitimate news event. And so that's why I continue to engage the Dark Overlord in conversations. To find out more about Dark Overlord, read Jeremy's story, Cyber Ransom Group Hits Soft Target, U.S. Schools, at databreachtoday.com. When we return, after this brief message, we'll analyze the surge in IT security employment. The field is growing much more sexy, much more attractive. Everybody wants to talk about cybersecurity. This is the ISMG Security Report. ISMG's Healthcare Security Summit will take place November 14th and 15th in New York City. Keynote address will be provided by Jim Ralph, Chief Security Officer, Aetna Global Security, followed by other industry-leading CISOs from organizations like Blue Cross Blue Shield, New York Presbyterian, Hospital for Special Surgery, and more. Visit events.ismg.io and register today. Welcome back. For nearly a decade, there's been a lot of talk about creating programs aimed at bolstering the cybersecurity workforce. Well, it seems businesses and governments, along with academia, are walking the talk. Investments in many initiatives to get more individuals to pursue careers in cybersecurity are paying off. 
Just look at the latest employment figures coming out of the U.S. Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics. Information Security Media Group's analysis of that data shows a big jump in the number of people employed in the U.S. as information security analysts, the only job classification the government tracks encompassing IT security. In the third quarter of 2017, employment of IT security analysts exceeded 100,000 for the first time. What's really impressive is that employment in the field soared nearly 20% in just one year. The field is growing much more sexy, much more attractive. Everybody wants to talk about cybersecurity. That's Larry Clinton. He's president of the industry group, the Internet Security Alliance. There's nobody who doesn't want to have a conversation about the field whenever uh, I sit down at a cocktail party. They're very, very concerned about it. It's now got this broad-based awareness issue. You know, there are more people going to be attracted to it. We're going beyond the geekdom and into mainstream. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has been using the same method to collect data on occupation categories since 2011. That year, 44,000 Americans considered themselves information security analysts. Today, that figure annualized tops 103,000. That's a 135% increase in just under six years. Rapid growth in IT security employment shouldn't be surprising. More people with or without a tech background find careers in IT security attractive, driven in part by so many data breaches grabbing headlines. And more organizations in and out of government are increasing spending on IT security, including money to hire IT security personnel. The IT advisory firm Gartner projects that IT security spending will grow by 7% this year. The Internet Security Alliance's Clinton says the field has a dearth of qualified practitioners, suggesting the employment numbers should be higher. We've got tons of really good, high-paying, very interesting, important jobs in cybersecurity that are going begging because we just don't have enough supply to fill the growing need. We're going to see even more explosive growth in the space. Military veterans, including those recently discharged, are helping boost the IT security employment numbers. Chris Craven is National Director of Canada Acquisition for the recruiting firm Recruit Military. And he sees a large number of veterans taking advantage of the GI Bill that helps those recently discharged from the military to pay for college, training, and certification programs focused on cybersecurity. The GI Bill benefits that veterans have is a big component of that. So knowing if they may not have that actual industry experience or that skill set, they can obtain it once they leave the service. And they're trainable, right? They're coachable. They're those that really thrive in the education space. So we've seen a huge demand for that. There's a multitude of agencies that are out there that are really ingrained in trying to aggregate a lot of these veterans into that field. To read my blog about the growth in IT security employment, visit careersinfosecurity.com. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Finally, let's do some supposition. The European Union's General Data Protection Regulation goes into effect next May. GDPR, of course, could bring heavy fines to businesses that fail to adequately protect the privacy of individual European citizens. What kind of impact would GDPR have on a breach such as the one that hit the consumer credit reporting agency Equifax, which exposed personally identifiable information of well over 145 million individuals? To answer that question, my ISMG colleague, Joan Goodchild, caught up with Christopher Greeny. He's a managing director at Barclays and heads the financial services company's group investigations and insider threat program. Joan asked Greeny. 
If GDPR had been in place when this happened, how might the conversation have unfolded around it? On the surface, you would say that it have to be because the regulations of GDPR you know, set some very strict sort of financial fines around leakage and breaching and time to report and things like that. Um, so, yeah, on the face of it, you could argue down the line when this happens, there will be harder sanctions. But but I suppose GDPR, you know, comes in March next year. We're still working through the sort of directions and the advice from government on what that means. You know, I've always said this, it shouldn't take GDPR for organizations to improve their culture. Sometimes it does and it can work as an accelerator. But I do I agree with you that if GDPR had been in place now when this happened, I don't think it would change what we're reading. But I think it would change what the sanctions were towards the companies that, you know, have this happen. Greeny will appear next Tuesday at the ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit in London, where he'll appear on a panel that will explore the long-term implications in Europe of the Equifax breach. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.